Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, True Crime Couple Talk. My name is Lisa and I am sitting here with my boyfriend, Joan. Joan and me are an international couple living in Berlin and we wanted to start a project together. I really like true crime. I'm really fascinated by it. And Joan is very talkative, so we thought this might be a good idea. Joan, tell me, what is your relationship to true crime? Well, I wouldn't say that there's a relationship. The only, the main relationship I have is you and the stories you tell me. And that got me interested in it. Um, the, the stories are like, they made me think a lot about human behavior and how is it possible that some people in some circumstances do what they do. And that's basically my relation and background with this story. So I'm looking forward to learn more and to, to hear more of them. So our plan is to release an episode every two weeks. I will always present a case to Juan, which he hasn't heard of before. So you will always get his raw reactions to it. And I don't know, shall we maybe jump into it? Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm not sure if I'm ready, but I wouldn't want to delay it any second more. So let's let's get right into it. Okay. We will talk today about a case of a missing person, which is still not solved yet. It is a case which was all over German media and is perceived as one of the most mysterious cases in Europe. I will explain you today the case of Lars Mittag, and at the time of his disappearance, 28-year-old young man. Lars was described as a very responsible person. He worked in a coal-fired power station in Wilhelmshaven, and he loved his job. His dad had a stroke in 2012 and became a nursing case. That's why Lars would always come back to his hometown to support his family and especially his mom with the situation. They had a very good relationship, and he's still very missed. We are going back to the 30th of June, 2014. Lars and a group of his friends, in total six people, were on their way to Golden Sands a seaside resort town and party holiday spot at the coast of Bulgaria. Normally, Lars wouldn't go on a party holiday like this. He preferred going on fishing or sport holidays. However, his group of friends still had an open spot because the person who originally wanted to come couldn't get any days off in his work. That's why Lars decided to join them spontaneously. In the beginning of their holidays, nothing extraordinary happened. They were just having fun. Lars was playing soccer with some people at the beach and his friends would hang out at the pool and go to parties. The only maybe a bit unusual thing was that he didn't eat a lot during his stay. However, he was also a very health-focused person and he would still eat salads, soups and fruits. And also it was 40 degrees, so that could also be a reason why. On the 3rd of July, Lars and his friends went to a bar called Mystery of Golden Sands. They wanted to watch the World Cup game Costa Rica against the Netherlands. They got dressed and Lars put on a t-shirt from his favorite football club, Werder Bremen. They went to the spa and watched the game. The bar was decorated with flags from different countries. Lars made some fun and rearranged some of the flags. Most people didn't care and they didn't take it bad since he was joking. But there was one group of fans from the football club Bayern München who got angry at him. It is not very clear if they got upset because of the flags or because of his Werder Bremen shirt. However, they could settle this argument pretty soon and Lars and his friends continued to have a nice evening in the bar and they stayed there a few more hours. 
On their way back to the hotel, some of his friends wanted to stop at a McDonald's to get some food. Lars, who was not a fan of McDonald's, said that he didn't want to eat anything there. He decided to already go back to the hotel. On this way, he was beaten, in his own words, by Russians or Bulgarians. He later suggested that these people were maybe hired by the Bayern München fans from the bar with whom he had the argument before. Because these people said to him that it was very easy to hire people in Bulgaria for a small amount of money to beat someone up. He was not hurt badly, but they had injured his left ear. He was in pain, but hoped that it would go away by itself. So he decided to not go to see a doctor. The next days were pretty calm. But the pain didn't go away. On the 7th of July, the day of their departure, he made the decision to finally go and see a doctor. This doctor told him that he had a crack in his left eardrum and that he shouldn't fly because it can be dangerous. He also gave him a referral to a hospital in Varna. Before he went to the hospital, he and his group went back to the hotel to discuss their next steps. Lars insisted that he wanted to stay a couple of more days in Varna and that his friends should go back home without him. He had a travel insurance who could cover his travel expenses. After his friends left to the airport, he took a taxi to the hospital to see an ear, nose and throat specialist. Lars perceived the doctor as not friendly because he felt like he was mocking him and because he refused to talk to him in English. But in the end, he got a recipe for an antibiotic called Zefzil 500. Lars took the same taxi from before to go to a pharmacy to buy the antibiotics. After he had gotten them, he told his taxi driver to bring him to an accommodation. His driver brought him to a hotel called Hotel Color. He arrived there at around 10 p.m., checked in, paid with his credit card and went to his room. He stayed there and just went outside to get water for his antibiotics. At 11 p.m., he called his mom to ask if she could top up his phone with money. This may sound a bit weird to us now, but instead of a smartphone, he took an old Nokia phone with him to Bulgaria in order to fully enjoy his holidays. He also asked her to call his travel insurance to organize a patient transport to come back. His mother called the travel insurance after they hung up and then called Lars again to tell him about it. This time Lars was nervous and said that there was something wrong with his hotel and that he had to leave it. He also asked his mom to block his credit card because he saw the receptionist making a copy of it when he checked in. He claimed that he would be fine because he had enough cash on him. They hung up. But shortly after he called her again. And again, he told her that something is not right in this hotel and he had to leave. But he didn't go any more into detail. He was acting weird and spoke quietly. His mom thinks that maybe he was afraid of someone listening. At 2.30 a.m., he called his mom another time. He told her that he had left the hotel and was followed by four guys. He was hiding from them. He said that he was on something higher and might fall from it. He didn't clarify on what he was sitting or standing. Around 3 a.m., he texted her, Zefzi 500, what is that? Ten minutes later, he texted her again, Zefzi 500, what is that? And then there's a time gap where nobody really knows what happened. His mom didn't call him because she was afraid that he was still followed by the guys and his phone would ring. 
A taxi driver saw him sometime in the night, waving at him at, at the roadside. He already had a woman in the car, but stopped anyway for him. He left him at 5 a.m. at the airport. This driver claimed that Lars had dilated pupils. Shortly after he had arrived at the airport, he called his mom and told her that he had arrived. He didn't have a lot of battery left, and that is why they kept the call short. He told her that he needed money and asked her to transfer him money via Western Union. He also explained to her how Western Union worked. His mom told him that she had booked a bus and a flight for him, and she told him the connection in case his phone will run out of battery. She also told him to go to see the airport doctor in order to check on his ear. Now, what is really strange here is that he told her in this call already, before seeing the doctor, that they don't let him fly nor drive. It was not clear who they were. This is the last time Lars and his mom talked. Lars went to the doctor's office. The consultation took 42 minutes. The doctor checked his ear, gave him eardrops, took a temperature, and in the end, he told him he was ready to fly. Now again, it is unclear what really happened now, because the doctor told some different versions. In the first version, he said that Lars told him that he will go to the toilet and never returned. Then in another version, he said that a person in a uniform entered the doctor's office while Lars was still there. It is not clear if it was a man or a woman and who that person was, if it was an unknown person, a worker from the airline or a worker from the airport, because the doctor, the only Y witness, changed the statements a few times. In any case, the doctor said that then a person in a uniform entered the room who made Lars super anxious. Lars stood up and left the office and ran away. What is important to mention is that his mom said that she has seen different scenes when she first visited Bulgaria than the scenes which have been sent to the police and have been published in different media. She said it was like this. Lars sprinted out of the airport, out of the door, and then he stopped to check the pockets of his trousers. He then continued running to the left side, where there were two police cars. There was also a parking spot with the field behind it and the highway and a forest. He ran towards this direction and then stopped and walked slowly towards the policeman. Five meters in front of them, he crossed the street, hid behind a bus and then ran towards a hill out of sand and disappeared behind it. He then climbed up a two meter 15 fence and ran into a field. The video which is shared in media gives a different impression. And this one, he sprinted through the airport building towards the exit. And then you can see him running away outside towards the 2 meter 15 fence, which he then crossed and ran into a field. This is the last time Lars has ever been seen. How do you feel about it, Joan? Well, it's such a mysterious case because there can be so many possibilities. The first thing that comes up to me is... Was he really being followed and chased by someone or was he just, was it on his head? Was he, maybe he took some kind of very strong drug? Like, I don't know. It's, everything sounds super, super suspicious. And it's like his behavior tells me something very wrong was going on there. Yeah, it's true. It's really, it's really strange. There are so many different theories in, in the internet. 
I will share them with you now so you can see what different people have thought about it. Um, that's the last thing we know about Lars. There's, there haven't been any updates since these videos that were seen on the media. There's no latest uh, hints on, on what could have happened or where could he be. No, that's that's the last footage of him. Um, there are always people who claim to have seen him, but they they never. It was never really him. There was one time a case of a guy um, in Brazil, I think, a homeless person who really looked similar to Lars, but in the end, it turned out it was a different person. It's also it has a bit of everything because it has. Um, like a holiday with friends, something very normal, like this particular case of not having a smartphone with him, which could maybe have helped him at that point. Also like football hooliganism and threats and violence. And yeah, it's, it's um, I don't know, it can go so many ways. So many ways could have happened. Yeah, it's really mysterious. And um his mom is also still very, um, he's, she still puts a lot of effort in finding him. She created a website and there's a Facebook page and she is sometimes in uh, some TV channels in Germany and in also in Bulgaria, I think she was now. And yeah, she, she doesn't give up and she still has hope that he comes back. And I really, really hope that she's right. And yeah, if you want, I can I can share with you the theories. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm super intrigued by it. So the first theory is that Lars got a psychosis or something similar as a side effect of his medication. What do you think about it? Well, it has to be a super strong medication. Probably, I assume that. Maybe it was mixed with something else, the medication with maybe something else he took before or something mm. that was mixed there because from ear medication and antibiotics to have a very long sustained psychosis episode, that's, that's at least uncommon, I assume. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, the antibiotic he took is a very strong one which can have it as a side effect, but it's listed in a, like, it's very unlikely that that happens. Mm -hmm. mm, but then on the other hand, he was really, I don't know, he was very nervous and he, he was very afraid the whole time and he flew out of a hotel. And maybe he was followed it's it's very unclear. the The second theory is that Lars got a blood clot in his in his brain because of the hit he had gotten before, and that this blood clot caused a swelling in his brain, which resulted in a retrogradal amnesia, so that he forgot who he was, and that now he still is somewhere, not remembering who he is, where he's from, and people he knows. Do you think? That would explain the the more and more confusing communication that he was having with his mother, maybe because at the beginning he he like identified her very clearly by what you're telling me, but then by mm -hmm. the end the messages were confusing. 
Yeah, I don't know. But um, what his mom also said is when he asked her to transfer her money from uh, from Western Union, that he never transferred money with it and she has never done that, but he could really explain to her very well how that works. And if you're very confused in that moment, maybe you're not able to structure like an instruction like this. That's very plausible. I think it's, as you said, in a very confused situation, if you are explaining very clearly a procedure you haven't done before, it's probably because you are under a lot of pressure to, to do that right. And yeah. someone have just explained it to you and is pushing you or threatening you. Um, but he also never took the money. So she transferred him 500 euros, but he never took it as well. So that's also, it's also another mystery to this case. Um, the third theory is that he wanted to leave and he planned everything and left a fake trace for his family. What do you think about it? Wow, that one I was not expecting. How does the, how was being beaten up by, by some thugs got into that? Um, can, can well, his nobody friend, saw that. Can his friends confirm that he got bruises or, or anything? Or was just that he said he claims he was attacked, but there was not real evidence? Nobody saw him being hidden. Like nobody saw him being beaten up by other people. But... But did he have the bruises or some, some physical mark that proof that he was being beaten i think not i think it was just his ear which what he got problems but um i i actually doubt this theory because he was such a responsible person he has such a good relationship with his family he had a good job and i think it's a lot of effort and you need a lot of planning to do this especially on a party holiday Definitely. Also, one doctor confirmed uh, a near injury and mm. a doctor, and he was with a doctor at the airport and he saw him very agitated. If you are planning something like that, I assume you mm. plan it with time and you act, you act accordingly. The, for me, his behavior, a behavior like that looks very far apart from a theory, a very calculated cold theory as this one. Yeah, I think so. And there's another theory or like this is one of the theories that he was really followed by people that he was a victim of an organ trade. That he yeah. was like because he was a young man and healthy, sporty and yeah, that he was killed because of this. Well, that's that's definitely I think this theory checks a lot of boxes on mm. on some of the behavior. I'm I'm just don't know if it's not common, but if it's a very very isolated case in Bulgaria of these things happening. I don't know if there are tracks of mm. or, or records of other cases like this happening. Mm. And what could also be is that he actually flew, that he that he managed to escape, and now he is somewhere. Maybe without orientation, but that he that he was able to to escape actually, because 
I mean, if you have a psychosis or something, or if you if you have been killed, or if you had like amnesia, someone must have seen you afterwards, but he was never ever seen afterwards. One detail that I think that might be interesting is, is the Barna airport inside the city or is it some kilometers apart from it? Because that can also help clarifying the flu theory. Because if you run away somewhere and the airport is in the middle of nowhere, then it might make sense that he would be deoriented and he couldn't find a way back. But if it's in the middle of the city, that's super unlikely for me. Um, so yeah, the the airport is 11 minutes by car from the hotel Color where he where he stayed. But also like um, in the direction he was running, there were also mountains like at some point in the very distance. So he could also flew towards the mountains, for example, and then I don't know, disappear somewhere in the woods. And go to Romania or somewhere. And then, I mean, he had still his passport with him, but the passport was just valid, I think, a few more weeks. But, I mean, depends how how sneaky you are. Maybe you are able to, to cross a border. And also, it's still the European Union, so you don't, you're not necessarily controlled. That's very true. But being a German citizen... What would you do? Like, I, I, if I would be in a situation where someone was chasing me and I was able to flew and make them lose track of me, I would probably go to the police and try to try to get some help there because I'm a European Union citizen. Germany is a country with a lot of influence, and I think that would be a that would be the the thing that to most people would come to mind. I assume. But not if you think that the police might be corrupt and is involved in some kind of organized crime. That's true as well. That's true as well. Yeah, it's 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 very it's very mysterious. And I yeah, and I also cannot imagine how it must be for his for his family, because there's one thing if you lose a loved ones, which is terrible and yeah, and very, very, very sad, but if you're always wondering what has happened to someone you love, especially as a parent, cannot imagine how much pain that must be. And yeah. It sounds like one of the worst things a, a mother can can suffer. This mm. losing a child, it's always tough, but I cannot even begin to imagine what it must be to lose someone don't have any kind of closure, don't understand and know what happened, it's it just horrible. Hmm. For me, the theory which makes most sense and which I also a bit hope it's true is that he got an amnesia and that he doesn't know who he is at the moment, but that he's living a happy life somewhere else. And maybe was able to start over and will at some point remember his family again and then come back home. That's that would be my the theory I I hope is true. I definitely think the same way. I really hope that mm. there's some kind of very unlikely turn and that somehow 
there's a way that he can come back after how, how many years again? Sorry, Lisa. Um, seven years. After seven years, I, I really hope that that this can happen. But for me, there's one thing that's sticking on my mind, and it's the Western Union process and the way that his mom explains how in detail he was able to explain how to send money through a system he never used before. And also the amount of money was not that big. Hmm. Not like to start a new life somewhere. And, and he also didn't take the money. Exactly. Hmm. And it sounds a lot like, it sounds a lot to me like there was something going on there with hmm. with other people that, that were trying to harm him probably. Maybe. Yeah, I mean... You, you really don't know what can have happened because he was really afraid. And I don't know. I, I stick to the, to the opinion that he's still alive and that he's somewhere and will we'll find his way, way home. I um, really wish I could. I really wish I could think the same way. It's very unlikely to me, but yeah, let's, let's hope for the best. Yeah. In German, you say that's all... I think you do. <laughs> There's always a drop of hope. Tropfenhoffnung. Hmm, maybe. I'm not sure if you say that actually, but I think it makes sense. And I don't know. Shall we shall we wrap it up? Shall we shall we go to something more more fun after this very sad story? Maybe, maybe in order to have more listeners for the next one and that they don't think like, oh, I'm not gonna repeat on this one because otherwise. I will get very down. Maybe we can talk about something a bit lighter. Yeah, I, th I, I think yeah. I think that makes sense. I think it's good to 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 lift the mood in the end a bit, so people can continue their everyday life and be like, "Hey, now, now it's time for a category, which is um, Joanne. If you could choose one criminal for having lunch with, who would you choose, and why?" So, for this episode, I bring a very famous, very mainstream one, but nonetheless, still very, very interesting to me. I would like to have lunch with Charles Mason. Sorry, Manson, right? You pronounce <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think about it? I think he is... He is um... Well, explain first why, and then I, I tell you my opinion about it. Okay. So, well, we all know the things that he did or, or that he drives other people to do. And, hmm. and the, the, the dependencies that his, that his character created in so many people. And I would really like to know. Probably after all these years, the disappointment would be very deep. But I would like to, to see if there's something left of that charisma. And even though it's super scary, I would, I would like to see how someone can twist someone else the way he did it. And hmm. I, think, I, I think that there must be something, something special, some kind of a special aura around him. Very evil mm -hmm. one. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Um, 
Uh, I'm, I'm horrified by the things they did and the things he did specifically. Mm-hmm. But I think nonetheless would be would be an interesting character to to get to know in person. Maybe. I mean, maybe he he's charismatic, but I think he is just very good at choosing people who have an urge of feeling like being in a community because I think we are all human. We all want to belong somewhere. And he created this place for lost souls who yeah, were very vulnerable and um, yeah. And, and gave them a bit of a, of a purpose and of a sense of belonging. And, but yeah, he must have been also very charismatic because otherwise like he wouldn't have become this, this leader and, But he has a swastika on his forehead. Why would you do that? Well, he's twisted. <laughs> he's very twisted. Um, yeah. So, Lisa, you really think that there's some people that are so lost and so and so afraid that they would that they just run into these people's arms and would follow whatever they say. You don't think that. You think it's just a matter of being lonely and and the feeling, the need of feeling into a community, it's higher than any moral or any, yes, of any moral perception of what's good and bad in, in this life. I don't know. I think it starts very slow and very, um, that you don't even realize what is happening and that you're brainwashed. And then very slowly you build up to become this, this manipulated person who forgot maybe what is right or wrong. I don't know. I think most, I think most people actually are good. That's my very strong belief. But I think that every person is also a bit bad. And if you just focus on the bad sides of yourself, you slowly forget about your good sides. Maybe. That's, that's very, very, very scary. It's very scary, but life is very scary. It can be. It can be sometimes. If I recall it right, we were supposed to finish the podcast in a lighter note. (laughs) Fair point. But also, yeah, fair point. So um, if I could choose a criminal to have lunch with, it would be a criminal who... Hmm. Yeah, never mind. We will talk about it in the next episode. That's Let's, what's that for a teaser, Lisa? <laughs> Now I want to know. I want to know with which criminal you would go for lunch, if you would invite me or not. And I'm sure that I would not listen. invite you. Wouldn't you? Oh my god, we're gonna have a conversation after this podcast. <laughs> And okay. yeah, I'm, I'm sure that our listeners are also willing to hear what's what's your choice. <laughs> let's think about it in any case if you have feedback please send us an email to truecrimecoupletalk at gmail.com see you in two weeks thank you very much you want to close it like this yes <laughs>